the people get faster. Here we go. So you get a chance tonight to win. I don't know what we're. What are we giving away? Season tickets to the Seahawks or a pair of tickets to the Seahawks? Can I say I was not aware we were doing our own special, and maybe I wouldn't have been. I mean, I, I want to support the station. I want people to do no, well. No, this and have makes great it success. even. This makes it better. I, I don't. I don't want to come off as this guy that was crapping all over the station's great idea. No. It, it's not crapping over the great idea. It's some people, we've just acknowledged some people uh, love it. There's a lot of people listening right now. Hell, mm-hmm. we'll ask, uh, I know at Lunch with Listeners today, we have uh, uh, comedian Craig uh, Gass is going to stop on by. He's got yes. a show He's got a show this weekend uh, here in town. We'll ask him, but we'll, I'll, I mean, if we can open up the phone lines at some point during that hour, of course, Lunch with Listeners brought to you by the Other Coast Cafe. I mean, are people going to tune in tonight? I think it's a great question. Because I think there, there are people are the people like it. And, there are people that but like, there's people like, that are like. But there's also people that are like you know what I could care less. Now, if you're driving home, uh, it's actually perfect if you're softy because if you're driving home, yeah, which I'll be doing tonight. You you know you're just hey, what I have a flip it on. Oh, I could find out when the Seahawks are playing. Who? Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna yeah. Look, and the people that are into it, I am not going to try and change you're anybody who's me into it. In a terrible position, I, I and it really t- drives me nuts I, I, because I hate it, and then you're making me defend it. Well, let's bring Crabtree on and, right. and have him because he is another one who is a, a big schedule guy. He'll yeah. be dialed up tonight watching things, and uh, uh, don't you think? Curtis uh, joins us on here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Uh, Curtis, uh, uh, you a big NFL schedule release guy? Uh, Define big. (laughs) Are you going to sit at home or sit over at Safeco Field, because you only have a few days to do this now, with a big dip in your mouth, and then watch the NFL schedule release while covering the Mariners game? I I will be watching the schedule release for for news purposes. Uh, We already know who they play, so it's not like we're getting – it's not like back in, um, you know, the pre – current CBA days or back before they realigned the divisions and so forth where the schedule was kind of like this this new thing where you didn't know who they were going to play and so you get, to, you get to find out the whole schedule and all those things. You know every team that's going to be on their schedule. You're just finding out the order in which they play them tonight. So it's probably a little overblown. And, and I actually uh, liked but, it. Uh, and I interrupt you. I liked it back then when you had no idea who they were going to play other right. than obviously your division. Right. You had no idea who they were going to play. Like I, there was there was some intrigue in that one. Like, like if, all right, I, I, I'm excited to see who they're going to face this year because yeah. you didn't know. Like if there was a chance they were going to announce tonight that the Patriots have to play 15 consecutive weeks on the road, yeah. I'd tune in. If I thought there yeah. was a chance that was going to happen, yeah. I'd tune into because that'd be entertaining. But it's. I, I, I don't know, whatever. We've probably ranted about this long enough. There's got to be more oh. important things to talk <laughs> no. to Curtis about well, than to hear me rant about this thing and how crazy but it is. But Curtis has got to sit there and do it because it not only works for us, but Curtis is also Curtis is also working for Pro, for pro Football Talk, so he's got to cover that story and that angle as well. It's a, it's a big, yeah. it's a big well, deal for Pro Football Talk tonight. For PFT tonight, we'll probably have about 10 to 15 posts on the schedule, I would assume, by the time... Um, we run through the gamut of everything going on across the league, for sure. Can you do one thing, and I don't want you to screw around with your job, Curtis. You actually do a great job for them, and, 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 and it's been fun to watch your career as you've moved up, man. You, you've, you've done yep. some great work. But are, are, you, are you big enough a big enough deal over there now that you could put out at least one either tweet or, or some note that says, uh, I, Curtis Crafter, have confirmed the Ravens and Steelers are playing twice this year. We, we have exclusive sources tell me that those two will be meeting twice this year. I'll have further details later. Could would you do that for me, or does that violate some sort of code of ethics? We, well, we could probably add in, you know, the, I can confirm the Ravens and Steelers are, are going to meet two times for each of the next 15 seasons or something pretty easily as well. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That would be some breaking news, I'll tell fantastic. you. Fantastic. Curtis, have you ever dipped some Copenhagen before? No. 
No, I didn't think so. You've never had a sip of alcohol. Why would I ask somebody who's never had a sip of alcohol if they've had a, a, a dip of tobacco? Well, that's not, that that's not accurate. Oh, I thought you hadn't had a sip of alcohol. No, that's not accurate. Oh, he, didn't, he doesn't mean so this great. morning. Yeah, well, I thought you told me that you've never had any alcohol. You're just not no, a drinker. You've had no. a sip of alcohol before? Yes. Well, yes. this is breaking news. You don't know much about Curtis at all, I do, do you? a lot about Curtis, but I thought I was I was accurate in my statement that he's never had a drop of alcohol. All right. Well, this is big news. I, I mean, I think our relationship can finally grow now, Curtis. <laughs> Curtis looking at the clock Curtis, going, why but, have I agreed but to but do this? But he does this. This is every visit. Uh, he does this. Um, all right. Any Mariner news today? I know that. I think I just saw a quick uh, headline that Mike Zanino appears to be coming back to the squad, I think, this weekend. Yeah, they, the plan is for Zanino to meet him in Texas, um, you know, for him to play nine innings last night and then turn around and make it up for their day game today didn't seem particularly reasonable, so he'll join him on the road. Uh, assuming everything went well last night, it sounds like it did, that he would uh, join him in Texas tomorrow. So that would obviously necessitate a move with one of the two catches they have on their roster, but, uh, you know, Marginal gets a start today, and um, then they'll make a decision about that uh moving into tomorrow and and what I've, I've lost track in all the excitement when is d-day when is the day they'll need a fifth starter and that's when we'll really see curtis what they're going to do with ichiro because the logical thing would be to do that and that would be if you're going to release him I, I think right am i missing something that would be the day that if they're going to release him it would likely happen uh you know it may happen down the road but that if it's coming this weekend it would be when saturday sunday well, uh, you would need the fifth starter for, for Sunday's game, so okay. that's when they need the roster spot for Erasmo Ramirez, who will make that start. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, there's some roster hoops that they can jump through a little bit over the next couple of days to where something – you may not need to do it until Sunday one way or the other, but I don't know what their, their call on it's going to be. I mean, we've heard Jerry DePoto say that they are comfortable with the idea of going with a five-man outfield group right now, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they try to do that moving forward, even though it basically puts you know, each your own a spot where he's likely not going to play very much at all, if that's the case. And they could ship, you know, ship down a, a reliever and go with a seven-man bullpen for a stretch until um, something necessitated you know, a, a change there. But... I don't know what they're calling. It's ultimately going to be Brian Healy getting close to getting back as well, which is going to, you know, force them to do something else there. Uh, you got Zanino coming back. You know, Gamble obviously got back yesterday. It's creating a roster crunch for sure, and it's going to—it's either putting them in a position where they've got to find a way to to make it feasible to carry Ichiro for a while, or. Um, come to a point where they have to make a tough decision about a guy who was a major part of their history for, for a significant part of the 2000s. So um, that's kind of the situation they're in. I mean, they could massage it. So Sunday they could make a – you could send a rele- – Wade LeBlanc. Well, maybe right. not Wade LeBlanc. I mean, you could you could send out somebody in the bullpen. Uh, what is it, like 10 days they have to be down there in Tacoma before they can – they could come back up. I mean, you could. Yeah. There's some things that they could do in order to to make it work, where they would not have to make a decision on each row now. And then think about Ryan Healy here for a second. I mean, they he, they went into the season with Ryan Healy being their everyday first baseman. I mean, not not platooning, not doing anything like that. So Healy could come back up, or they could send Dan, you know, Vogelbach down. I mean, Vogelbach is is you know he's a nice offensive player. He's got pop. He's not good defensively. And so, you know, you could – and then Romine, well, who would play first? Well, Romine can play every position, so he can he can sit there and play the infield. 
I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just a, being unfair. Th- this to me is the is embarrassing. I, I just think all of, this is so embarrassing to me. What they're doing right now with Ichiro. It, it's just it is clear the guy cannot play anymore. And the fact is that the other day when they were facing McCullers, they could have had Ben Gamble playing in left field against a right-hander, but they didn't want to do anything with Ichiro, so they didn't call him up. I mean, I just want to know what we're doing here. What are we doing? Are we trying to win games? Are we trying to have a send-off for a former great? I mean, it's just it's, it's laughable to me. I mean, it just is. He's not... And I love each of what he did for the city, and he did for everything. Right, right. And that's not that's not taking away any of that stuff. You you can you but can feel this, both ways. This is just it's beyond time, and I don't think it's a tough decision. It's not. It's obvious, and just do it already. Curtis, do you get any vibe out of the clubhouse or out of anybody you've talked to that there's any any irritation about this at any levels, whether it's the manager's office or players who are looking at it, or or, or has there been any discussion that way? Well, the, I mean, the only hint, if you want to try to read into things, would, would have been when, you know, Scott Service talked before the game the other day and talked about, yo, well, yeah, Ben Gamble's ready to go, but he's not up here for roster reasons. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been your way of seeing him kind of poking at it a little bit to say there, there's, you know, some sort of a, a way to read into that. And, and then I heard, you know, that, you know, I heard the, the guys yesterday in the afternoon talking about Softy and, and Fane and, and Shockey and, and I think he and, and I would just disagree with what I think Chonky brought up in his point was because I think they Softy asked, hey, you know, well, whose call is it? And they're well, it's Jerry's call. And and Jerry wouldn't do this. Jerry wouldn't just keep him on the roster to have some farewell tour for Ichiro. Well, there's an agree. I agree and disagree. I agree with that. That if it was Jerry's call, 100 percent, he this guy wouldn't even be on the team. Mm-hmm. I think. And then so I don't. I think for Kevin, I think Kevin's point was there's no, and maybe I'm reading him, maybe I heard him wrong, but there's no influence from above. Mather, Stanton, others. Mm. I, I disagree with that. I mean, you have to acknowledge at some point there, there is a percentage of the pie of some sort that made the call above Jerry. I mean, one, he's the owner, and the other one's the president. They, if they want something to happen, something's going to happen. It's right. their call. And to not acknowledge that, that one of those two guys could say, yeah, we want him on the team and you need to keep him on the team. And, you know, I would hope Jerry would fight tooth and nail, and maybe he did and didn't work out. Or, or maybe I'm wrong and this was Jerry's call all the time. Well, and again, we're only to you know, the, the gamble thing that Curtis brought up a minute ago is, is, is the one note where you could say they could have done something. But also we could also say that they, they still haven't really been put into the box where they have to do anything yet, and that box is coming up pretty quick in the next few days. Right, Curtis? Yeah, I mean, the thing we don't know is what happens if, um, you know, D. Gordon runs into the wall and twists an ankle and is out three weeks today. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you need an extra outfielder for a while. That's why they don't make the decisions until they have to make them. Um, but, you know, it's certainly it's certainly worth looking at just the idea, uh, like going back to them signing him in the first place, because you could, you could see this scenario coming down the track. Sure. It wasn't that hard to do because Ben Gamble, you knew was going to be back not too long into the season. You could have easily just decided to keep a Kirk Newenheis who's down in Tacoma, uh, let Guillermo Heredia play for a good chunk of the first month of the season. Um, find some, you know, Taylor Motter could could have worked in some days there as well. Um, Andrew Romine, they say, can play the outfield too. 
they they could have found options to go through to to patch it over with an outfield situation that they had, or or just another free agent that they don't have the history with um, to patch that decision over and not put themselves in a position where when Ben Gamble got back that you put yourself in the situation of having to make a tough call on on, on a player who has has the history with the franchise that each year of does so. I think you can look at it as much as when they sign them as it is the decisions that they're going to make right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, new and high seed down to come. I don't think he's on the forty man roster, so you'd have to make a decision there with him. But I, I don't know. I, I just, I just, it's just not a tough decision. And the fact is that they, they, you know, I think that the fact is that they're delaying this to to massage it even more because they don't have to make the call now. I, I don't know why people aren't more upset about that. Especially the other day when Gamble was ready to go, and they literally didn't bring him up against a great pitcher, McCullers, and they still had Ichiro back. And then, and you, you can read between the lines with with um, with service. I mean, he's like, "Hey, this is out of my hands. I I can't make the call on this one. This is this is being this call is being made by by somebody above me." But uh, we'll see how it plays out. I just I don't. Know. I'll repeat what I said. I just I find it embarrassing, but that's just me. Uh, as a Mariners fan, uh, let's switch gears over to, to the Seahawks. Uh, we went over the uh, the great schedule day release today. Uh, tune in to Softy at five o'clock today. Yes. He'll have he'll, indeed he'll have the release today here on nine fifty KJR. The uh, the draft next week. Um, are we hearing anything in, in terms of the rumblings with, with Earl Thomas? Uh, what, what's uh, what's in the winds right now in Seahawks land, Curtis? Uh, I haven't heard anything new on the Earl front, but I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that they're continuing to be open to offers for him, whether they're going to get a deal offered to them that they feel like is worth the value of trading Earl. It's tough to say, um, you know, but, you know, we saw the Jason Lock and Four report, you know, a couple weeks back where they were asking for a first and a third and thought they could get maybe even more than that. I'm not, I'm not sure if that plays out or not, but I think the draft is obviously the, the kind of uh, end point where you think that something's either going to happen or it's not, and then you figure out where to move forward from there. I, I mean, I thought it was kind of funny when, when Softy noticed yesterday that Earl no longer has a photo outside the stadium. That was funny. <laughs> which is kind of an great. interesting thing. So, <laughs> you know, I, if you want to, I guess, read into that what you will. I don't know who that goes. I mean, but um, – yeah, I, I, it certainly wouldn't shock me if they dealt him at this point in time, but it wouldn't shock me if uh, nothing came together and he ends up playing out 2018 with them and they figure out some way to, to do a contract with him and keep him from the future either. I, I think it could, could go either way. To, uh, to Softy's thing, I'll tell you what, news has been broken weirder ways than well, that, you know, to say, hey, guess what? They just took this guy down. What does that mean for the future? So he may, maybe, I would read into it. I yeah, mean, I, listen, yeah. I, think it's, I mean, it's fun. I mean, I listened to him yesterday talk about it, but... And I was like, kind of laughing and giggling about it, but yeah, I mean, there's something there when you're scraping a, the, the the image of an all pro off the side of your building. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Curtis, I'm looking at uh, at different. Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually looking at some mock drafts, and I saw one where five quarterbacks go in the first nine picks. Everybody has five going in the first round. First nine picks, a quarterback run. Of the five, in in your mind, as a guy who watches this stuff pretty closely, who's the big? What's the bigger risk? It's Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma, uh, Josh Allen of Wyoming, Lamar Jackson of Louisville, and Josh Rosen of UCLA. Seems to be that, that Rosen has big upside, but maybe the biggest risk. That's how I would look at it. How, how do you see it among these five? Who would make you the most nervous if you had to select one of these guys and you get the fifth one? I think it would be Josh Allen. To me. 
mm-hmm. partly, I mean, just because of the completion percentage factor, the fact that you look at what he did at Wyoming and he just didn't complete many passes when all things were said and done. He's got a cannon for an arm, um, but ultimately, you know, it's got to get to the target you want it to get to. Otherwise, it's not going to matter. And unless that can, you know, clear it, clean up a little bit it, it going into the pros where the defenses are tougher and you've got to anticipate the throws even more than you do in college, um, that one would scare me a little bit. Now there's, uh, there's obviously the potential there, and I'm not saying there's not, but ultimately I would take a quarterback that can get the ball to where it needs to go more so than the guy with the A++++ arm strength. But certainly there's a reason teams are enticed by that as well. Um, you know, you have, you know, Baker Mayfield's got, you know, some concerns, Lamar Jackson as well, but um, that one would just, because of the track record of what he's done in my, Wyoming, um, that one would make me a little uncomfortable for sure. The, um, you know, I think that's the, you know, we asked, we had Charles Davis on yesterday who's going to join us uh, every single week here for the next several weeks, you know, uh, breaking down the NBA or, excuse me, the NFL draft and then recapping the NFL draft and some of the off-the-field off uh, storylines as we head into training camp is that, yeah, I mean, I think some of these guys are good, but you don't feel overwhelmed by any of these quarterbacks that are coming out. I think the interesting thing with Baker Mayfield is this, that he's the guy that everyone kind of falls in love with because you like the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. But I think you do. It is weird how we judge quarterbacks and, and how and how the lens and the color of that lens changes with the player. No one is killing Baker Mayfield for acting like an ass off the, off the field and on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, just imagine if he looks a little different. What what the what the commentary starts to be with Baker Mayfield? I mean, he gets arrested, running away from cops. He's grabbing his crotch on the field. He's planting a flag in the middle, of, but it's all because he's a competitor. He, he's scrappy. Yeah, you know, he's scrappy. You know, he admits that he not did I see this correctly, Curtis? Yesterday or today, he admits that oh, I didn't really study the Chargers playbook all that much when I met with him. I mean, I, I don't know. We, we want to talk about red flags all the time with guys. I don't know if I'm a quarterback and I'm getting ready to the biggest interview of my life. I would probably cram pretty hard for the Chargers playbook, so when they ask me a question, that I pretty much have that down. Well, I mean, as much as anything, when was the last quarterback that came out of the Big 12 that really became a decent quarterback in the NFL? Mm. And that, that's part of yeah. it, too. Like, get, that conference has not translated quarterbacks to the NFL with any real success. And so, you know, Baker Mayfield could very well be the next line of of quarterbacks like that, whether it's been all the Texas Tech quarterbacks throughout the years, Vince Young, Colt McCoy, um, you know, um, Chris Sims, um, the other quarterbacks to come out of Oklahoma throughout the year. I mean, they they haven't really produced a quarterback that's been anything worthwhile. Brandon Whedon from Oklahoma State, they haven't had the success in the NFL. I think that's one thing to, to be concerned about, too, on top of the the you know the personal issues potentially there with Baker Mayfield. Hi, right, buddy. You, you got the coverage of the game today. Uh, you can find up uh, find all of his information on the Mayors and Seahawks up at SportsRadioKJR.com. You can also follow Curtis on Twitter. Uh, I ask you to do so, especially next week. If you're not following him, do so now. He's got great insight, great knowledge, and of course with the uh, the draft next week, he'll have it all covered over at the VMAC. You can follow Curtis on Twitter at Curtis underscore. Crabtree. All right, I got a can of Copenhagen for you. I'll bring it over to the press box. We'll sit down and we'll enjoy a baseball game later today, okay? All right, see you guys. There he is. Well, he is calling, Curtis Crabtree. He's calling his agent right now and going, do I have to keep doing that show? They just oh, rant he, and they scream at he me. Doesn't, and... he, I'm telling you, he, um, 
He never wants to come on with me ever again. Yeah. And he does it every single week. Hey, did you uh, nine or Nate? Did you talk to any of the guys with the signs yeah. over here? Did you ask them a sports well, question. We've got it. We've got. We got, hold on. We got to take a break. Uh, nine or Nate, man on the street. He's been out for twenty minutes and he's already back with his tail <laughs> between his legs. We'll find out what happened. <laughs>